Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Simmer down with Sean Simpson. Brady Kachuk with the tip. His 100th goal. It is 300th game, and it's a Gordie Howe hat trick to tie it. The sickest Ottawa Senators podcast. It's going to be sick. Well, hello there. It is high noon in the nation's capital for all of our great listeners around the world and for a number of fans that have reached out to us over in Stockholm at 6 p.m. It's already dark, probably on a day off here, enjoying a little bit of dinner, maybe a couple of pops. Uh, Welcome to a nice little Friday edition, and we'll talk some sands, we'll talk some hockey, and it will just simmer down for the next hour. Hope you're tuning in live, and if you're not, of course... Uh, Click and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're so excited to wrap up week two here. Had some great guests this week. Uh, Nick Kiprios, of course, will end up joining us later in the show at 1220. But of course, want to welcome in my wingman and my usual co-host, Mr. Justin Murray from good old Gatsy No. Yeah, how are we doing? How are you doing on this Friday, Justin? Good, good. good. Uh, Headed to a concert later in Oshawa, the house that John Tavares built. Uh, Oh, nice. So um, had to head there right after this. And and today's a good day, too, because... Um, I think most kids in their teens, they watch like moves, like maybe movies like Lord of the Rings and all that yeah. stuff. But Hockey Central at noon was my thing. I watched oh, yeah? it all the time with Brian and, and my dad. Um, and so to have Kipper on here today at noon is pretty cool. Yeah, and, and pretty cool how it intertwines. I was thinking that today, uh, if you go back to Nick Kiprios, I knew him from junior hockey. Uh, yeah. One of the rare waiver claims of the National Hockey League back in the day was you're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to take people off waivers. They had recallable waivers, a bit of a fight between Philadelphia and Washington. And in that picture in the back, uh, when the yeah. Kipper broke into the National Hockey League, was coached by your by your grandfather. Then, of course, coached by your uncle, yeah. Doug McLean, who we see in those beautiful yeah. glasses off to my left or the left, your right, yeah. uh, behind Rod Langway. So, yeah, it all ties in. And yeah, boy, cool. boy, the relationships from back then led to Doug getting the job in Columbus as a general manager. Nick yeah. had a great uh, TV career. So, yeah, always fun to pick up with the Kipper. And he had a great career, nice run, and uh, has his own little show still on, uh, yeah. on Sports. Yeah, I'd love to hear what he has to say. So, so no, give, me a, give, me a little scoop on the, give me a little scoop on the concert, though. I, I'm not familiar with the brand, the name. Uh, John, what, Party, what we got? He, John Party. He's kind of like, uh, I would say, he upper second tier in country. He, mm-hmm. He's a lot of fun. You know, it should be a good party. Okay. Smaller venue, so it's sold out. It's been sold out for a while. So yeah. uh, I had there with a couple of buddies and my cousin, and uh, yeah. Go, Are you we'll, staying in the schwa? Yeah, staying in the schwa. I don't know how that will be. I didn't even stay there whenever I was scouting. I would just drive right by. Um, but yeah, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll find some fun though. Oh, exactly. Actually, I played a year there. I mean, you kind of cross over. Maybe uh, if you head over to some of the other areas, not as rough, but no, always yeah. a good spot. Great hockey spot. And hey, the people there uh, like to have some fun. So it'll be a pretty rowdy crowd. I'm sure you'll end up having a good time. Yeah, exactly. Now, but how are we feeling waking night. up on a Friday as far as the sends go? Because this is kind of the interesting of <laughs> I'm trying to get my head around on. I'm not per se a fan, although we watch it closely and I enjoy it. And you're watching yesterday and then people say, well, do you consider that a loss, a victory? And then I thought to myself, Justin, if you're working for a team or I guess playing for a team or even if you're a fan of a team, when you wake up today and the fact that it was on kind of the global scale and in Stockholm, I still think you wake up feeling glass half full. You know, that was not pretty what happened yesterday, but it's a hell of a lot better if you had lost that game in overtime or regulation or in the shootout for that matter. Hey, you're still back to 500 as a hockey club. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the end result, great. Um, how you got there, not so great. Um, mm-hmm. gr- great at times, but um, I mean, it's just frustrating because you – you score four goals and you think this is the perfect opportunity to like really just shut it down. And I don't mean like sit back, but like no. it's playing smart and managing the puck. And you know, the first, the first goal Chickering could have got that deep. Then there's no goal. Second player, second goal off the player and in fine. It is what it is. Third goal, neutral zone, neutral zone turnover. You could have just easily been a little harder on the puck chip, like just deflect that in or something. Um, but there's no need for a goal to turn up on that. And then Jarventi obviously falling down, creates an open lane, not a great stick in front of the net, a um, little soft on the D zone coverage there. So all things that need, that you should just know by now. Um, and, and I know it's not getting harped on by the coaching staff, but it's like, we're up for nothing guys. Let's just, <laughs> let's just like, can we not play properly? Can we not just <laughs> care a little bit? Like, like if I was up for nothing and we weren't playing 
great all year in our own zone, I'd be like, okay, let's settle down here. Let's mm-hmm. let's prove that we can do this. Hold this off. Let's win 4-1, 4-2 even, and we'll be happy. But then, nope, we, ha- we got to give up four and make the game an adventure. And it's always an adventure with these sense. If you're a fan in Sweden, awesome. Great to watch. If you're the coaching staff, you're a little pissed off. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is a part of, I can remember going to world championships games in probably the mid nineties. And this was a case that happened an awful lot where you would have, I think North American players go over to the world championships. And I can remember sitting with fans in Finland, Sweden, Czech Republic, all over the place. One of the things they'd look at and say, come on, this guy can't play in the national hockey league. He's no good. I mean, there were players that went over in the old five lockout and previous lockouts where fans in Russia were like, you know, they said that the guy was homesick, wanted to come home just, in reality was he was no good yeah. we don't see that we see yesterday that is a lot of skill on both sides it's high octane it's back and forth and from the sense perspective a few things i think four nothing leads i'm not going to get into the worst leads in hockey kind of a cliche <laughs> talk but i will say this it's a lot like football i don't expect i would that would be the equivalent of going up 28 nothing at the half so to me there's yeah. going to be a bit of a letdown in a sense of you know where you're going and also to the uh, send side it wasn't like they were playing great previous to that. No, I mean, they I were agree. opportunistic. Reimer wasn't great, but there's going to be a lull. But what has to go off, and this is where mentally and when the habits are not in place, from an Ottawa Centre's perspective, when the first goal goes in, then all of a sudden it is a bit of a wake-up call. Even the second goal, yeah. then all of a sudden maybe it's a timeout. It's something to feel to get away from that checklist of we've got to go back to playing properly. But when they don't have those things in place, Justin, Everything relates back to bad habits. And then the other part you're dealing with yesterday, which I think is a factor, anytime you get into a sequence like this that you don't have anything to fall back on, there were a lot of tired hockey players on that ice yesterday. And when that part happens, my oh my, all bets are off as to how it's going to react, how it's going to play out. And then you just completely feel like the sky is falling. And it looked like from the players, and it's only the video. But I I do, do a lot as far as kind of people watching it felt like a ton of vacillation. That's what it really felt like from the hockey club. Everybody was kind of looking around for answers and nobody had any. No. Uh, and I wonder, you know, like, like obviously Norris said, Alfie was a lot uh, just being positive on the bench, maybe not saying a whole lot, but always positive. So you wonder how much that played in to get that final goal in overtime and just stick <laughs> with it, even though you're just let in four in a row. Cause you could probably get pretty down on yourself if that's the case. Um, it's, it's frustrating because, this is a team that needs to take the next step and we can't just keep saying, well, they won. They squeaked that one out because good teams don't do that. And if you want to take this the next step, you, you need to play right. And you're Yes. When you're up for nothing, there's going to be there. The other team's probably going to take it to you a little more. That's just natural, mm-hmm. but it, that doesn't mean you cannot manage the puck, play mm-hmm. smart and just understand where you are in the game and where you are on the ice and, and just, not allow a turnover, not allow, you know, why, why are you taking a chance at, at four nothing to go across the ice and, and only two things could come of it, a, a really good play or a pretty bad play. Yeah. And I don't understand why it's the high risk of that. Just get that well, puck deep and yeah. And, and I, I, I guess they're not being told, but at, but at some point too, it's, it's on the players as well to just understand have some awareness of what the score is, everything going on in the game, you know, um, just make it easier on yourself. I don't know. When, I don't know why you want to make it so tough on your, on your own. Well, so. yeah. And, and that is into it. And again, I don't think Detroit again, I'd say Detroit, I'm going to go a little more on the personnel side. Uh, yeah. uh, Larkin, first of all, what a treat to watch him. Yeah, and player. World-class players. One of the things, and this is probably the Steve, Steve Eiserman effect, Larkin now wants the puck where there were times a few years ago, Justin, I'd watch him and kind of wonder he and Stutzla worth the price of admission, not sold on to Certainly Raymond's going to be a star. After that, they got a lot of players in their system. Cider's outstanding. It was Reimer yesterday. So I look more personnel where the sends it is kind of the finished product and as you go through some of these things the part that if i think for anybody and this isn't rocket science quite simply when you're looking around and facing the puck in your own zone and and a couple of the goals there with drew and stutes like coming over to the wrong side in the mass chaos yeah but i'll get back to a couple of points here and we'll play a little clip not right now of dj smith i just want to address the whole alfie thing and first of all have an alfie around the guy's not stupid 
And when he comes in, and we talked about this yesterday, I didn't see anything on the bench. And I'm not trying to take away. The players are going to give you lip service. They're going to talk about how great it is. And of course, it's great to have Alfie around. I didn't see him do anything on the bench. And I mean that in a sense of he knows it's not his team to coach. He no. is basically down on one end. It's really awkward. So this idea that Alfie calmed or anything else is a bunch of bullshit. And they want to throw it out. And I don't, there's nothing negative, Just. I don't mean that against yeah. Alfie. But they need to cross that over. Alfie needs to be involved. Alfie needs to be coaching. And I know he's watching from up top, and you've watched his team, and it feels like between Alfie and Steos and everybody that they want to give DJ Smith every chance. But you yeah. can't sit behind that bench yesterday, which is different. I've never been a coach before, but I've been behind a bench a few times. You can't watch that mass chaos yesterday and not after the game say to yourself, first of all, just Sean Simpson, Ottawa, Canada, one of my fun things I used to say on the radio, Justin, you can't sit and watch what happened yesterday. And I thought how quiet it went on the bench. I thought how quiet it was on the ice. And all I can do is watch off TV how quiet it was on the bench where there didn't appear to be any reaction whatsoever as it was 4 nothing to 4-1 to 4-2 to 4-3 to 4-4. It just looked like a bunch of people vacillating. So to me, when I watch something like that, Daniel Alfredson is a smart man. He has the eye of the, or sorry, the ear of the owner, uh, the president of hockey operations. But it is really important that they allow not just a, hey, uh, how was your paddle ball the other day? And how are you feeling about no, this? I, no, no, no. There's teaching moments here. Daniel Alfredson played properly and he can't watch that game yesterday. And it must have felt like before Jacques Martin took over when he was in Ottawa. That's the way the Ottawa centers played back in the day. So from the Alfie point, if he's going to be around, he's got to get heavily involved because yeah. somebody's got to affect a change. And also want to put out there, we'll, we'll, I'll let you comment and we'll play DJ Smith's clip in a little bit here. Some people on social media, I know it's social media, you know, think I have it out for DJ Smith. Again, I go, and I'll say this for Tarasenko, I was all over him, Taney Camp, and I don't even have to really address it. It's not a question of anything personal. You're watching something continue along, and yeah. anybody that's watched the sport has to realize, and I do think, and that's where part of why I want to play the pregame video, not yet, we'll let you have your comment, Justin, yeah. is just more I'm looking at a coach that I'm watching during the game there, and I'm not expecting to throw the sticks on, on the ice or to, to go crazy, but boy, oh boy, that looked like a group yesterday that was just absolutely paralyzed when all of yeah. a sudden Detroit started coming back. No, 100%. Um, it's just, I think, a lack of attention to detail um, and hitting the right notes during the game. Um, I know he talked about yesterday wanting to uh, run, use the guys that are going because they're you know in Europe and some guys might be tired and that. But I just, like your in-game adjustments aren't there Um and I don't think you're you're talking to the guys about the right things or, or at all on the bench, it, it seems like. So um, it's frustrating um, because it is. It's the same thing over and over and over. And, and they're getting wins uh, regardless. So it's like, what if <laughs> the other way was, you know, <laughs> yeah. this good defensive team, right? This team is going to score. We Everyone we talk to, we've yeah. said it on the podcast, this team can score goals. Um, it'll continue to score even more as they get players back. Um, I, I, I like their, their lineup for the offensive side of the puck, but, um, we, it, it needs to change and, and I, I don't know what else more you can do, um, at this point, um, yeah, well, it hasn't changed. So, so yeah, it, it yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say, Justin, and that's a part of, and again, you're right. And I, I do love the adjustment part of it. It's often a phrase that's used in football. And for the New England Patriots, you watch Bill Belichick, and I wouldn't know the first thing about football, but it was always talking about what's going to happen. They, first of all, want the ball back. They're going to change the course. Adjustments usually defensively. In hockey, it's certainly when you see a system, you see things that are happening. And when you don't see a change from an Ottawa side, uh, I totally agree with you. So we'll see. We'll also get on talking about some of the players, some of the real positives from yesterday. And as you said, they're sixth in the league now at five on five scoring. Last year, they were one of the worst. That's a real yeah. positive. They're doing some things there. They can score some goals. Now they're giving up a bunch five on five, yeah. but I still look at it as a team that in the personnel side, they're better than Detroit as they should be. So let's cue that uh, clip. Now we're just going to see a picture of DJ Smith, but I want the audio and it's a little bit more if we could see the video, but we're just going to listen to his pregame chat yesterday uh, as he was in the Sens room teeing up, first of all, the notes of the game and then handing it over to Alfie to announce the starting lineup. We talked about the focus. Every shift early on here, neutral zone, we're above people, we're clogging them so we can break out. All right, D-zone coverage, we're denying the back, and then when we break out, you got to talk. Don't just give the puck away. Talk to each other so we can have it, and then we, we have lots of speed. From there, in the old zone, we got to go east-west. Hang them on the net and then F3 all night. There's no odd man rushes. Make them earn everything they can. 
We got Alfie's special guest here. Gonna come on the bench. Gonna get the lineup here tonight. Come on up, hey! Thanks, guys. It's it's an honor. Uh, thank DJ for uh, giving me this opportunity. Today we have Corpy starting in net. Oh, right, Subi, oh. Sandy. Oh. We got Joe, oh. Timmy, oh. and G. Oh. Right, boys. So. Good start. Smart early. Everybody get going. Have some fun. Yeah, and, and we see this scripted a lot. And for social media, it's kind of a new wave that we're seeing. And from the Sens perspective, Justin, they do a really nice job. But when I watched the actual video and then I watched kind of the post game, it became a little bit hollow because it is a fine line of you are being filmed. Although I think DJ Smith at this point is pretty much used to that. But it is going through on and understanding the cue of there was nothing that he said there. And what was very awkward, again, these are basic bullet points. When you're reading it off of a cue card, kind of piqued my curiosity because, again, these are the simplest points that you'd be pointing out in minor hockey to kids, Justin. Yeah. Then with what we watched and then kind of coming in post game, you're saying all the right things as far as we reacted, we played tight. But I think in his own mind and for everybody else that's watching, watched the game, kind of saw the whole thing, none of what he's talking about was a reality of what the Ottawa Senators did yesterday other than feeling like, oh, my God, thank God we ended up winning that hockey game. No, I agree. Um, it, it's just uh, we keep harping on it, but it's it's true. It's yeah, just I know it's yeah. just lip service. Um, unless you're you're doing it day in and day out of practice, becoming habits. It, this needs to be natural. This needs to be innate in you that you just it. You don't even think about it. You know how to play properly. It, it's you know to the point that the coach shouldn't even have to say it. Honestly, exactly. In the room. Um, yeah. and, and that's where you need to get. And you don't get that unless you. Practice it, practice it, practice it, repeat, repeat, get your reps, um, do things properly. Like to the point of like, in my mind, you should be doing like battle drills and controlled scrimmage and just explain what's going on and why, what you just did wrong and mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. on the ice, you know, and it's just something, it's teaching, it's teaching, it's teaching. It's not, it's not in its effort level, but it's, it's teaching and having guys understand what they need to do. Um, and then. And, and showing them on the ice because I, obviously just doing video and stuff is not working. Um, well, so, yeah. So I, I'm just kind of kind of trying to come up with a way that this can work, <laughs> but it it, it is it, it's frustrating because you see the ability, um, and, and these guys you got to convince them that they're better players playing mm -hmm. both sides of the puck, and they and they will be um, all the best players for the most part had to be convinced a little bit at some time. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I just don't see that. Um, now great. They got the win, but that is not a consistent way to win games. Um, so, so they could be a great team to watch. Um, and I sound negative here now and, and that's not what I want to be, but it, it, it's mm -hmm. just, it's the, it's, it's insanity, like doing the same thing over and over and yeah. expecting different results. And, and that's not happening. And, and something as little as like taking a timeout in a second could have, could have helped the team as well. And I, yeah. I just don't, I just don't understand the thought process going on, I guess. Um, exactly. And, and, I, and I, after we have Nick on, we'll, we'll again kind of focus on the other side about the world class talent, about the Timmy Stutzler yeah. show, talk about some of the other things. Yeah. But it is for anybody that's watching a realization of, OK, well, this is the time of year where teams can be a little bit looser. The negative or positive is maybe you can tighten it up and some teams do tighten it up. Ottawa doesn't have that history because as we get to the 20 game mark, the 40 game mark, then that changes. Now I think it could be even, even more trouble when it comes to the Ottawa center. So that's why we're harping on this. That's why we're looking on it. And also when you say that, Hey, when you go through kind of a checklist, Sanderson's a natural, but as far as the forwards themselves, you know, yeah. you can point to Brady Kachuk, you can t point yeah. to Stutzla, you can point to a number of players there. Like to me, kind of the player this year that if I want to say, Hey, who's been the best Ottawa centers player, who is a guy that seems to make things happen or good things happen whenever he's on the ice. That's actually been Matthew Joseph. That, yep. That's been the one common denominator of a tremendous work ethic, very good speed, more attention, detail, actually playing with a purpose. And that to me has been really interesting to watch because I would have never thought that he would no, end up being the common denominator, but, that, but that's been the positive and that, and that shows you that again, as you well, said, physically guys are more than capable of doing it. Exactly. I wouldn't be harping on it if I didn't think they're able to do it. Right. Like exactly. if I thought this team was shit. I, you know, it'd just be a different <laughs> conversation, but, but you see that they could do it and you know that they have the ability to do it. It's just now implemented and, and, and that's all. And I, and I think a lot of fans want that too. I think, I think there's a lot of frustration built up. I think, 
you know, when they leave the arena, great. Okay. We got two points, but, mm-hmm. but, but there's always that, but, um, yeah. and, and, and I don't think the fans are wrong in this case. Cause, uh, and, and all the, like the, uh, we're doing it. We're saying it. Other people I'm listening to yeah. um, talk about it as well. So, and even like on TSN, they talk about it. Um, so uh, something's got to change here. Um, that said, you're 500 and you haven't been playing the best hockey. So um, there's room to grow. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's. Yeah, that's no, exactly. No, it is. And that is, as you said, the hockey world. Cheryl Pounder did a great job of it yesterday, and it has been continued to be pointed out. And nobody plays perfect. There's not this idea like you're going to lock it down. It is just understanding in the salary cap world, a window opens for you to be a competitive hockey team. And when you say that, and I'll say from an opportunity standpoint, there should be a playoff hockey team. And with attention to detail, with the talent they have, and I thought it was also very interesting in a game like yesterday, because of the European element and because of Vili Huso not being there, I thought the Reimer situation in itself was bizarre where basically at you know not even halfway through a hockey game you're down for nothing in the case of the Ottawa Senators you're up for nothing to me the cue to pull the goaltender not always the third goal but the fourth goal first of all it's usually too late which maybe in this case they thought you know what we're not going to play uh, the backup goaltender lying in the back-to-back situation because they play today against Toronto so let's leave Reimer in there and I thought to myself, okay, well, he's going to stay in here. Sens are going to win this one walking away. And I also thought when it's 4 nothing, then it starts creeping back. I really thought, well, Reimer's going to give up a clinker here at some point. Now, you can argue a little bit with the Timmy Stutzel winning goal, kind of a funny one in ducking his head. But that circumstance of him staying in, and credit to him as a veteran goaltender. You know when you don't have it. You know when you're basically being sacrificed to stay in there. And he actually rallied as he has his whole career just to kind of keep it close. And at the same time, hey, for Corpusalo, for a sample size of work here in Ottawa, you know, I thought, again, was really good yesterday. They give up a lot of quality chances, even at the start of the hockey game, even when it's 4 nothing. And I look to him and say, hey, you know what? He's been a real stabilizer for the Ottawa Center so far uh, from what we've been able to see when he's in the net. Yeah, it's it's been good to see. I was a little questionable on the signing just because he hasn't played a ton of games over the course mm-hmm. of a regular season. And I guess you were hoping Forsberg uh, could balance that out. So uh, I'm happy with that. Um, there's... You know, that's kind of not the least of my worries, but yeah, it is. Mm. I'm, I'm happy with where uh, that signing has turned out this year. Um, yeah. We'll see how it continues to go as he gets more games. Uh, but but I'm hopeful. Um, and it, it seems he, he seems like he has something to prove too. Um, and I'm sure that the Talbot uh, playing good in L.A., mm. even though that's probably a yeah. product of their systems and stuff, I think that probably gives him extra motivation as well um, to kind of prove himself. So, um, yeah. It's now they need to give him some help. Um, and, and, you know, like maybe Alfie too kind of gave a little shot at the players and the coach about the heart attack in the room after, uh, which was pretty <laughs> funny. Um, but it's true. So um, you just got to just got to bear down. Um, and, and there's a Minnesota team coming up, which you can probably, um, you know, score three goals and, and win the game. Um, mm-hmm. If you allow less than that, obviously. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they come out and respond to that. Uh, the, you know, letting in four goals in a row. Um, yeah. And for, for the gold, for the goaltending side, it is for Corpus Allo. I've liked him. Now the sample size, as you said, not the biggest. Uh, he had, you know, 500 numbers with Columbus last year. Went to, was on a fire with LA, I think nine, two and one. Okay. In the playoffs, but I still like the signing and this is a bit of the trick. And I understand for Pierre Doran, where he was at at the time, Justin is that didn't necessarily marry up with since Craig Anderson's left. And really before that, you've had so many options, tried so many different things. Unfortunately, internally, um, they haven't been able to do it. You brought over Ben Ben Bishop, flipped him out. The Robin Leonard situation went sideways. You flipped him out to Buffalo. And internally, without developing any goaltenders, you suddenly found Forsberg after the crazy Murray situation. But you also recognized, and this is where I do respect this one. Now, you have to be right. And we're seeing what's happening with Edmonton right now with Jack Campbell. But you have a spot here where you've signed a guy you had to. Sogard's not ready to be that guy. And we don't know if Forsberg is really capable of being a number no. one. So you've made your bed in a perfect world as he moves along. Hopefully, as a number one gets you to a playoff. Sogard emerges. He hops into that spot. And then, hey, we'll see what ends up happening with Forsberg. But I understand yeah. it. From what I've seen so far, as far as the sample size, 
I'm comfortable with his play. I'm comfortable yep. with his approach professionally, his athleticism. And then it is, hey, I'm very confident that if they're playing better in front of him, that there's no reason. And especially after watching a guy like Talbot last year, technically is an excellent goaltender, athletically is not very strong. So you totally know, in my estimation, I'd still take Corpus Allo over him. Yeah. All you got to do is show in front of you to be a little bit better, and then we're going to be good to go. No, I agree. Uh, also, shout out to Sogard, who's having a hell of a year in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is perfect for him. I um, to just get a bunch of games and and you know continue to work on his play and his strength. Um, but I think he's he looks to be like the goalie of the future. At least he can jump in maybe with Corpusalo mm-hmm. next year, um, if that's the case. And then and I mean they had Andy right, so it was a fine line of like having a guy here that's going to push him or a younger guy, but then. Once it was kind of the younger guy's time, you just you, mm-hmm. you had Andy. So it, you always had that in the back of your mind. He, he mm-hmm. was so good for you over time that you couldn't kind of change that up. Um, but I think, I think that, you know, they got the myth from the Finnish myth there, uh, Merlinen and Sogard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's, I think they're, they look okay in the future here uh, for goalies. Yeah. So um, if one of those guys turns out, um, it would obviously be a good thing. It's tough now to sign goalies. I mean, very rarely does a goalie have back-to-back and then let alone back-to-back-to-back years that are he's very mm-hmm. good. There's only like like five, six guys that, that do that consistently. The other ones are, you know, kind of they have an okay year, then a good year, an okay year. And and, and a lot of that might be the team they're playing for as well. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it definitely, you know, goals are up um, and and save percentage is, is down for for a lot of guys so uh to find a guy that can play 65 games now or 60 games or whatever it is um is is very tough um those are usually the the good young studs or the guys that have been doing it for a bit even a guy like Vasilevsky, you know getting a little more injured and he's played a mm-hmm. ton of hockey um but yeah yeah seems like the russians are taking over here on the goalie side too which is uh interesting with yeah they are and, yeah. and, and that is the age-old question just as you go through from a goaltending perspective and you look at the models how to go about it do you you know do you have a shesterkin to Vasilevsky to sorokin you know connor Hellebuck has certainly been very stable in Winnipeg. Uh, these guys are all draft picks. They've all been yeah. developed and brought along. You go back to recent Stanley Cups, and of course you end up having the Tampa Bay Lightning, but you had Colorado uh, who used a guy like Kemper. And then from an experiment standpoint, that's where you try to argue and debate and try to figure out, first of all, what goaltender fits from a salary cap standpoint. Then you look at the Vegas model and you just basically throw all of your theories out the window mm-hmm. of how this is going to work, how it's going to help, and then see what they're able to do this year with, with, with Hill uh, coming back and uh, and and the numbers that they're putting up, I thought kind of, hey, is this going to be a one-hit wonder? Well, no, not the case at all. So from the Sens perspective, as you pointed out, they try to develop and, and going back as well. Hey, the Ben Bishop pickup, this is way back, was a great one. As much of that was Robin Leonard not wanting to be in the minors and him and his dad being stubborn and wanting to force him into the lineup. And hey, that went a little sideways, but that's a long time ago. And I certainly think uh, at this point, Sogard is the goaltender of the future. Now let's get focusing on what to me, when you kind of step back, and I'm looking at this from a hockey fan standpoint, knowing the intelligence of the hockey Swedish Swedish hockey fans yesterday, of going to a rink and realizing this isn't the Nicholas Lidstrom, Zetterberg, Datsuk, Red Wings, but it's still a talented group, fun group. But on the other side, and Timmy Stutzla, and watching, and I would say this in a hockey game, we'll call that the goal of the year, in my estimation, batting the puck out of the air, putting it over the head, the timing, the game winner. What will also happen in a game like that? And what an absolute, and that's Andre Ringette, uh, of course, with the Sens. Uh, what a photo that is. I mean, that feels to me, first of all, that should be up in the rink automatically. That should yeah. probably be on the wall at the uh, at the rink, the Avicii Rink in Stockholm, and certainly maybe even the Hockey Hall of Fame. What an absolute gorgeous photo. Yeah. But I don't think, first of all, there's been a better goal this year, Justin. But what about the the, the play earlier in the hockey game? And he's coming across. Yeah. He's going a little right to left. Typical, unfortunately, he ends up going down a little bit. He's on his knees, and he just throws an absolute backhand yeah. laser across the slot to Brady Kachuk. Like, who in this – if you're going to talk about a play of the game – I'm not sure which one I'd even go yeah, with. So yeah. who else in the National Hockey League has shown that star power this year? That Those were just no, absolute no, class plays. Smart play, aware of where his guy is. Poor Ben Sherratt had a couple of tough shifts uh, in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think he'd like that game back. Anyways, um, yeah, no, he, I mean, Stutzel, he's continued to show and show 
how good and skilled he is. Um, I think the sky is the limit for this kid. Um, I like, I like his kind of makeup and his mentality. Um, I think he wants to be a star. Um, and I think he's showing that, um, I mean, hand eye. So when I just saw like, if he didn't play pickleball, he wouldn't have got that goal, but what, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, what, a, what a good goal. Um, big, big goal after everything that went on in that game. Uh, I'm sure a big sigh of relief for, everyone on the team. Um, and, and, and the first one, I mean, what a play a uh, little bit of a, a hope play, but still knows that the guy is there, mm-hmm. got something yeah. on it perfectly on this stick. Um, I, he knew what he was doing. Right. But, uh, but you just had hope that it went through Sherat and it did. Um, and, and Stim, Timmy, I mean, what a player, what a yeah. pick um, happy. They, you know, kind of fell to him at the third spot. Um, that draft is shaping up to be a, really good draft it looked like uh and they might have the best player uh yeah. Out of it all. yeah and they really do and, and that's where i want to focus a little bit more on tim stutzla and now we see byfield coming along which again this isn't cheering for or cheering against although i look at byfield and think to myself there was some negativity there when i felt like when he was ontario what if he get drafted by ottawa people aren't as patient well if tim stutzla had gone to la and was taken off for the new york rangers i'm not sure what's going to happen there so he's all of a sudden i thought byfield when he came in last time looked great lafreniere's finding his way yeah. we can go probably as deep as 15 or 16 uh, in that draft Gouli with montreal the only unfortunate is the amarov uh, gentleman who passed away with the leafs when yeah. you look at that draft some of the names there including holloway jarvis but back to timmy stutzla and with brady kachuk this is also the factor of coming in and being the face of the franchise i think we can all agree that lafreniere even with the francophone background i don't see him interviewed a ton maybe it'd be a tad different but to me he's not going to have the flair the good looks byfield seems like a real shy kid from a marketing standpoint here in ottawa can still remember the newspaper way back in the day when Alexei Yashin was brought in. <laughs> then to some extent, on uh, Alexander Degg would be my comparison to Timmy Stutzla. Unfortunately, the hockey didn't match up, right? You had the good-looking fella. There was something really special, but right away people realized, okay, the money that you paid the player, everything else, then you move along as a franchise. And because Alfie came a little bit later, was a later pick, Justin, he didn't have that sexy feel coming out of Sweden like Forsberg and Sundin. And then I'll even say this because the greatest player in the history of the Ottawa, well, I shouldn't say greatest, but Alfie is, but the greatest, you know, from a standpoint would be Eric Carlson. A couple of Norris trophies. But even with Eric for being a smaller player for where he was drafted in the NHL, it was kind of a bit slow to burn. Now, when the All-Star game came to Ottawa was the first time I heard people talking about a Norris trophy. Now he started taking off. But let's be honest that within the world itself, I don't know that the hockey world talked about Eric Carlson to th- till 2017, till they were talking about saying, "Hey, wow. my God, this guy's right there with Crosby and McDavid." I, I just meant on a global scale. No, uh, no, I, no I, I'm, yeah, not, I'm not 100%. talking about. But, but the part with Tim Stutzla that's very different is, I think a bit of it is where he was picked. I don't think that yeah. the way it was done with the whole uh, Jeopardy thing, the good looks, the flair. My point being is that this guy, to me, has been on the hockey radar much quicker than we see with other players in other smaller markets. And yesterday was not, I want to say, a coming out party because people are aware, but that was just an incredible showcase. And I can only imagine around the world and in Europe and everywhere in general, just once again, the amount of people that are saying, wow, that guy is a face of a franchise. He is just absolutely starting out and his journey is a great player. And when we start talking about him, we start talking about where he's at. He's probably pacing for about 117 points. What an absolute stud and what a nice face of the franchise that is to go along with Brady Kachuk. I mean, it, that a pick like that changes your franchise. Um, I think I think he's, you know, this this kid from Germany with Dreisaitl doing well. Um, I think it's intriguing to see him uh, from other people. You know, like, I just think that there's, you're starting to see some of these German players. They're, they're very good. You got Lucas Reichel. Um, it, it's interesting. I, I think they need to get over there. We talked about that yesterday. Um, oh, get over to Germany. I think it, there's, it's starting to like, there's a little, little wave there, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and you might not change a lot, but if you could get a few extra good players, um, you know, it, they, they, they train in soccer. So they're, they're good feet, good hand, eye, <laughs> good skill. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, but he, to me, he has the mental makeup to be a star. Um, he's already showing that I like to see a guy five years after the, after his draft to see kind of where everyone is and slots in from that draft, mm. but he's already shown that plus he's going to continue for the next two years to be even better. Mm. Like it's, uh, it's, it's a treat to watch. 
Um, I mean, with Eric, I think it was just a little different. Um, Ottawa, we knew how lucky we were. I mean, you yeah. could watch him all day. Like you could just literally go to the game and just watch him and you would be, your it was worth your ticket. Um, and, but his coming out party was that Stanley cup finals, uh, sorry, Eastern conference finals run. Um, he was an absolute superstar. I think TSN had him second or third best player in the world. Um, and obviously best defense, but I think, I think that when the Sens make the playoffs, I mean, it's going to be big because, you know, Brady Kachuk's going to be talked about even more. That guy's going to be a force in the playoffs. Timmy Stutzel's going to be so much, even better by the time they make the playoffs. Um, it's, it, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Jake Sanderson is going to be talked about uh, a ton. Um, even Chikorin, he's, he's really shown what he's capable of coming from a bad team to a better team, prolonging big minutes at times using a shot, playing on the power play at times. Um, so uh, there again, they just need to take that step. And that step is, mm. is being better in your own end, uh, playing smarter, playing like a, like you are a top five <laughs> team in the league, right? Like yeah. you just watch, watch the way Boston plays. I mean, you could, you could say they don't have as much talent at times as even the Sens. Um, and, and they just play the right way. And that's a built in culture um, LA Kings are the same thing. Vegas, it's just built into their culture because of hard coaches that demanded that. And, and we don't have that yet at all in Ottawa. Um, but I think if you can foresee the future with that, you're like, by God, we have a really good team here. Yeah, and it is interesting how that's passed along. And a few yeah. things on the Boston Bruins, it was instilled. Give some credit to Claude Julian. Then Bruce Cassidy came along. What we don't see, and this is the difference what's happened in St. Louis, is that their next phase of players that have come along aren't playing properly. Now, D last year you had Craig Bruby's situation where he called him out, uh, Justin. That didn't transform. Where you say from the Boston Bruins, all that pride, all that passed along by Bergeron. Now, you still have Marchand and, and Pasternik, which is huge. But Charlie McAvoy has come in and has played the game properly. And that comparison in comparison to Thomas Shabbat. And I'll also remember when Claude Julien took over the Boston Bruins, that was a sideways turn for Tyler Sagan. That was not going to be Tyler Sagan coming into the National Hockey League, playing center, making a ton of mistakes, doing whatever he wants. He was shifted to the wing. So I will say this from a sense perspective. You love Timmy Stutzla, but be ready. If a coach is going to come in here and all of a yeah. sudden, I mean, th th there's the game yesterday. He's below his own goal line trying to, <laughs> to go the length of the ice. And that that's the part. And that's going to be the tough love. And that's one of the things that's hard in the season and for the fans. And I'm all, I'm not careful at all, but it's funny. You mentioned something bad about Timmy Stutz. So I, I think on the sense that people go bonkers more for him than any other player, but yeah. there's going to be some tough love coming. And to the German thing, this is what, and I love my history, and I'm not going to go back to World War II. I'm not going to go back to that. But when I first started scouting uh, uh, back in the day, Justin, one of the first World Juniors I went to was in Boston. And all of a sudden, the German program, and we're talking 1996, had a wave of players coming. Marco Sturm, Jochen Hecht, and then there were some other spare parts that ended up playing a little bit in the National Hockey League. It felt like it was coming. Well, here we are 28 years later. I don't believe any of that, to be quite honest with you. And now Dreisaitl and 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 uh, Stutzla, a whole different animal. Yeah, they're but a little better that, than those guys. Well, it, they are. But my point being is that I don't know that that necessarily is the way for the future. When you look at the GEL and the German Hockey League, it's all Canadians. Yeah. It is getting better. They are developing. But the sample size and these guys, along with Cider, all Mannheim products, it's a small, small sample size. And I say that as well because when I first started watching the World Junior, you had the Czech Republic, you had Slovakia, you had eight really good hockey countries. What are we down to now? And I heard the yeah. Batman talking yesterday about the Olympics and the World Cup of Hockey. We don't even have Russia. Like and if we don't have that. Russia, we're to Finland, well, Sweden, bullshit. the United States, yeah. and Canada. Yeah. No, but yeah. but I'm just saying that that that's politically where we're at. So no, I, I hope know. it is I hope it is a growth. But this is also why I say from a sense perspective or a perspective of growing the game and they're playing games in Australia or going over to Asia. If you want to grow the game of hockey, you go into, and I know Char is doing it back in Slovakia. There's been some Czech coaches that have gone back. You need money. You need coaches. You need funding. You need these kids that don't have any money in a place like Slovakia. Every reason not to take on soccer, where I just need a ball and some running shoes no, I, to grow the game again. So if you're having tournaments and you're having games, get into Central Europe and try to grow the game again because it was so exciting. I mean, that run that the Czechs had and the Slovaks had and all these players. And like I said, right now, we're down to Sweden, Finland, United States, Canada, and a little mix of the rest. So hopefully yeah. this will be something positive in Germany. Yeah, no, I, I, 
It's tough, um, but I, but I think it's worth exploring because you have two superstars, um, and when you have role models uh, for kids, I think that does make a big difference. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So, so I think there's a, that opportunity with if they were just some average players in the league, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily feel as strong. But I think, I, I think that when you have two absolute superstars, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta mm-hmm. take your chance. If you're going to Europe, anyways, why not? do that, you know, um, and, and talk about growing the brand and growing the game. Uh, I think that would be super important. It takes time. We know that it takes time. You look how far the U S it took forever. And then it's just a a wave of it. Um, and I'm not saying that that's going to happen in Europe, but it's, it's, if you don't try it all, it's never going to happen. So, Oh, oh, no, no, but, but, but yeah, also to what you're saying though, and, and this is again, for the national hockey league chasing your tail. Hey, yeah. first of all, in the United States, hockey is a rich sport for the predominantly, if you want to be honest, it's a rich white sport. That's what it is. There's lots of money in the United States. It's a fraction of size. Not, I mean, not even close athletically to the other, but what did they decide? They decided on their very best of the best. They're one point, you know, 0.01%. They're going to do the development program. They're going to put their money into it. Those families have the money to play hockey. And if they don't, they'll pull them along. It's such yeah. a tiny percentage. If you want to change and you go historically, what happened back in the day with Czechoslovakia, then the Czech and Slovak, that was basically post-Soviet. That were the, the Those were the schools. Those were the schools yeah. where the kids went to play hockey, had equipment, had meals, had funding. If you want to get into grassroots and talk about growing the game, you're talking about going up and setting out sports schools that basically from five years old, just like they do with the soccer, where you go. This idea to go over and have an ex- exhibition game and a kid's going to try the sport the National Hockey League. Now, I'll say that, and let's just segue into it because I'm not a, I'd never asked you. So I'll ask you this World Cup of Summer Hockey stuff. Now, I did go to the 96 so, tournament. I went to the 2004 tournament. To me, complete waste of time. I have no time for it. The players don't care. Winning that trophy, nobody knows where it at. It means nothing. What's your thoughts on the World Cup of Summer so, Hockey? Or of all I, things, I'm, why would you have this thing in the middle of February when it means well, nothing and you're in the yeah. stretch drive? I like, so for, for, for me, I would do it completely different. I've thought this way for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have your Olympics, obviously best on best. Then I would do kind of like soccer does like a Euro cup. So I would just allow Europe to do their thing. And then I would do like an eight game series Canada us here. So, cause Europe, they love beating other European countries. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Um, and it's a little different. So North America, we get that Canada us rivalry, um, and then Europe can have their own rivalry and kind of make it like a Euro cup. Um, and, and ideally it's best on best in both of those. And you mm-hmm. might have to do that in the summer. Um, but I think, I think that would be a very cool event that you could get the Europeans on board as, as well as, you know, North yeah. America for fans. But I think we need a best on best. I mean, talk about growing the game. The best thing you can do to grow the game is to have a best on best and, um, I mean, imagine Connor McDavid playing with Sidney Crosby and, uh, Nathan McKinnon on a line, or, you know what I mean? Like it would just, mm-hmm. it would, it would be wild to watch for all fans, especially young fans getting mm-hmm. to see their favorite players on the ice together. Um, I think it would do so much for the game. I also think the, having the European, um, only section would help grow the European sports too. You know, you can <laughs> have, you can have those guys over there, um, mm-hmm. selling the sports, selling the game. Um, and, and a little more equal competition. Uh, but I, I think you have to have Russia involved. I mean, we're like, I don't like to get political with my sports, but like, what the hell does it matter? Get the, get the best on best. Ah, uh, I, this is, know, a, this is good. We're in, we're in the show 10 and I'm going to stop yeah. you right there. Yeah. Uh, Russia cannot be involved and I'm big yeah. into politics and it ha- it does cross over in this case. I I'm not. Yeah. And again, first of all, the sanctioning of it, you would look foolish as it, that would actually hurt the sport of hockey. If you involve them, I wouldn't have any interest in having Russia at this point. Now I'm very pro Ukrainian. Now, as far as what you just talked about, here's pro, a bunch of th- good hockey and good. Oh yeah. Not, but but here's players a, here's, that have nothing to do with it play that play the sport just have them play i mean that's in my mind that's in my mind i don't like to talk about all the other stuff of it i would just like to see Hmm. best on best um and that's where that's where i'm at well hey and i understand the other side i understand your side completely but uh yeah well, I, I was going like, to say at the, at the Olympics, they come in, they don't play under the flag. So, so whatever you want to yeah, do there, so but yeah. the other, but the other part that you're talking about though, and that, that I, I've never said makes any sense is a few things. First of all, the world championships exist. It's a big money maker. 
the world championships in Europe means more than anything. Holding a World Cup of hockey in Europe is not going to mean anything to the people there. And then the part that you never have to forget, Justin, is we're not talking about what we have in soccer. Talker, soccer is now talking about expanding from 32 to 64. Yeah. Like the World Cup of hockey in the summertime, if you eliminate the United States and Canada, which I'm not against an eight-game eight series, but even at that, that ship has sailed. When you say in Europe, so you go Finland, Sweden, Czech Republic, Germany, Slovakia, then you get into what? If you want to include Russia, and then For you're sure. into a couple of a weaker teams, it's not good enough. They no, have the world no. championships. If you're ever going to involve the National Hockey yeah. League, but when it comes to the Olympics, first of all, now, when you look historically, the focus of the Olympics right now, let's not kid ourselves. This has nothing to do with Europe and almost has nothing to do with Canada. The United States has never had better hockey players, has never had more faces of the franchise. 99.9% .9 of the reason why the NHL should be at the Olympics is selling the American player, selling Matthews, selling as you go through every lineup, including Brady Kachuk to, made, I don't know if Norris even Matthew makes it, Kachuk. to Jake Sanderson. Yeah, Matthew Kachuk. But you're going yeah. through and you're yeah. selling the game. Yeah. And the best on best means something to the players. So to me, when you talk about Olympics, that's something that's going to work. Trying to get that's together in Europe and, and and the other yeah. part, when you go back to that World Cup of Hockey, they started some of those legs in Europe to go. Nobody had any interest. Like I said, no. I've been to the World Championships a bunch. That's the why fans there absolutely Cup. love it. Yeah, yeah, in my mind, it'd be a Euro Cup, but where it's best on best. But that no, I, I understand that side of things too. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. They got it. The Olympics are the biggest thing that they need to be in, um, mm -hmm. and the, and the Americans are going to have a good team. Um, I mean. Having Brady and Matthew on the same line potentially would just be uh, not not too fun to play against at all. No, and, and yesterday in the telecast, and they talked about it, and, and we've mentioned it earlier this week, that 2006 team in Sweden that ended up winning a gold medal was their last chance. For a guy like Alfie, would have had a great career, would have still probably been in the Hall of Fame, played in World Championships, lots of Olympics, I think played in five, never won a Stanley Cup, and he not won an Olympic medal. And when you go back to Sweden and you see those guys, well, first of all, that triple gold club is incredible. Winning a World Championship, winning an Olympic medal, and winning a Stanley Cup. I was at World Championships, and it was amazing when all of a sudden Detroit was eliminated, or, or, or Toronto, the TV company in Sweden was actually had a private plane ready for Lidstrom and Sundin to bring them back over to the tournament. That's how big it is as far as what it means to these countries. Now, the World Championships has changed. The ship has sailed a little bit. But yeah, when it comes to the Olympics, Justin, that ability to sell the sport, to have the best on best, what Bettman also talked about yesterday, they quite simply don't have a, have a rink in Milan. And I know this would be really, really outrageous. And I know when you look at some Olympics, especially when it comes to some of the ski events, you have the ski event two or three hours away. I don't think that I don't know logistically how that would work in Italy, but part of me thinks to myself, and again, I know you can't do it. Could you put on the Olympics in North America? Well, it's going on. You can't do that, but they've got to find a venue in Europe during the 2026 Olympics where, Hey, whether it's in Italy or you just cross the border over into Switzerland, use one of the buildings there or some of the venues, do something to put that on. And at the same time, we've gotten out of Asia. So we're not as bad as far as the times, as far as the time of the games will be on. And I just think for the players themselves, but man, oh man, that United States roster. And I think for all of us as hockey fans, Justin, I think you feel the same way. Yeah. That thought of Canada and the United States, like I don't really like the Russia thing. Okay. And I don't even mean politically. I just mean as far as in playing Sweden and Finland, who doesn't love them? All the other countries a real best on best. We hate each other playing for gold for right now for what both countries have, like bring it on. That's what I yeah. want to see right now. And that's what you hope an Olympics would end up bringing. But yeah. we also know that that, uh, that has not been the case uh, very often, if at all, when it comes to the actual, what I think 2010 would be the only time they faced yeah. each other in a gold medal game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. You know, it'd be, it'd be a treat to watch. It'd be, uh, It'd be good for the sport. Um, I, I personally am dying to watch best on best. It's been way yeah. too long. Um, but when I, you say I, best I, on best, though, like when do you, do you like the last World Cup of hockey? Did no, you that's enjoy not that? Best. No, no, that's okay. Not you best meant you just mean best. Olympics. Yeah. 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 Or, or a World Cup where it is actually all the best players instead of having a young guns yeah. team and a team. Oh, I don't want to see any of that shit. Um, yeah. I want to see the best players. For playing for their country, playing against other countries with their best players. That's yeah. that's what I want. You could call it whatever the hell you want to call it. I just want yeah. to watch the best hockey possible. Um, and and we're our, this generation is missing that, unfortunately. 
Yeah, it really has. And I think for some of the players and the window and unfortunate, it would certainly look at a guy like Steven Stamkos missed Olympics based on injury now. And Sidney Crosby, by the time we get to 2026, well, we'll let Hockey Canada decide it. Is he going to be good enough to make the team? I assume that he would be, but certainly Steven yeah. Stamkos probably not on the radar. So for the yeah. National Hockey League, different reasons trying to sell it feels like the PA and the league are on the same page of trying to grow the sport. And like I said, I just looked to that American angle and really how different it's changed of how proud the players are to play for the United States, all the success they've had with their under 20, under 18, under 17, how that's kind of transformed to the rest. And as far as the World Cup of Hockey, that is, and I know what you're saying, but it unfortunately goes back to it doesn't mean as much for the players. And like I said, that triple goal club is such a big deal. And if the NHL, which they won't be able to because it's a money factor, the World Championships is a way to do it, but they're not they're never going to allow the National Hockey League in there because of the revenue. Wait, but you, the first tournament you ever do outside of the Olympics or anything when you first start it, it's never going to mean as much, but you, you, the hope is to make it mean something over time, I think, too. Uh, I, and that might be hard. When you have the Olympics, that changes some stuff. In soccer, you don't have the Olympics, so the World Cup is everything. But if you're not going to the Olympics, you have to have something, right? But, if, but really, my number one choice is the Olympics, and, and if that would be the goal, I think. Um, yeah, but the problem is, is that when you're, like I said, going back to what you just said, the Euro, the, the, the designation for that, a couple of things, first of all, you get into, as I said, you are involving the best players that can't necessarily happen with hockey unless you break down the league, but even what comes in the soccer side of it, the qualification, the qualification phase of, for these national teams is an incredible buildup that hockey's not capable of doing. No, and no, the world championship, the world championships already being in place. Uh, like I said, the 96 tournament was fun, but by the time 2004 and 2012 came along, a lot of players, and when you talk to the players themselves, it just doesn't mean the same as winning a gold medal, winning Olympics, or winning a Stanley Cup. Yeah, so because they to also me, had the Olympics then, though. That, well, that's no, no, the, no, the Olympics for sure, but I, I, I know what you're saying, trying to grow. I haven't had the Olympics, so so like I would say is, number one is the Olympics, but if you're not going to the Olympics, you got to give us best on best, or try, at least attempt to, I think. But my number one Thing would be the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. To me, and then, you know, I love having this debate with Liam uh, McGuire and, you know, you go back to as a kid and you'd be a little young, I'm young for 72, but certainly my memories back to 1987, but that also is where, you know, you where you worried about the one world cup, I think in 84 Canada ended up playing Sweden in the final. And by the time that happened in the best game th three series, you're like, give me the Russians. I want the Russians. Yeah, if it isn't that final, if it isn't that rivalry, it doesn't end yeah. up mattering. Now where we're at now, you don't have that. You don't have the same, same thing. It has to be United States against Canada. So we'll see on the best on best what they do. And I also say, hey, the National Hockey League, the evolution of the game itself, the playoffs have gotten so good. When I say, hey, do you want best on best hockey? I know it's not the countries, but the top 16 teams in the National Hockey League, they give me that for two months. So that's certainly the way I felt for a long time. And like I said, Olympics all the way, grow the yep. game, understand what it means for the players. And I think for most players now, and you'd say for a Connor McDavid coming in the National Hockey League, he would have grown up and a checklist for him would have been, well, I don't know for sure if I've won a Stanley Cup by X time in my career, but I sure would have thought I would have played in Olympics by now, right? And that was the part that they all grew up watching. Yeah. And as you talk about inspiration for a game, and I guess I'll even say from a German standpoint, that's where I think you could even go next level as well, 100%. where, hey, watch Dreisaitl and Stutzla wearing that jersey, yeah. playing for their country, knowing how that resonates in Europe. That's the ability. That's, that's the way you end up trying to grow the game. 100%. And that's why I, I want to get Europe involved more and and have the best on best because i think it does make a difference over there um yeah, yeah. well and, and that was the part of watching as i said the game yesterday i i do appreciate with the national hockey league yeah. it's so cool how when you go back to the forefathers like aborea salming and the way that was celebrated yesterday how that collision course of north america and europe and how uh, here we are in 2023, it has brought out the best of all worlds. You've got the the speed and the skill, but you've also got the engagement. And for anybody that's watched games in Sweden, the tactical game in Sweden is very good. Unfortunately, most of the games as you go into the men's league there, they're 2-1. It's yeah. like watching soccer, right? It's not. Friends and should, when you see what- should go we, watch a game. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, but but that's a good point. But 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 no, you're know. right, actually. No, yeah, you're right no. though. You know, you're absolutely right, Justin. It, it's highly intelligent, and that's one of the yeah. things watching Alfie. And that was also a difference in kind of critiquing the teams yesterday. 
I don't think Detroit's very good in goal. I don't no. think on the blue line they're all that great. No. The one thing I did notice that is completely different, and I think it's a bit personnel related, but it's I also agree. tactically related. The five-on-five -five transition to the Detroit Red Wings is so different than Ottawa. And when you watch them come up the ice together, the way they're able to support each other and enter the zone, that has been one of the things that drives Sens fans crazy. But I've also got to say to myself, I don't know that the Sens have all the personnel for that. Whenever Stutzel's on a line with Joseph and somebody else, I feel like they can do that. I don't know if the other lines can, but that was certainly in watching yesterday, Justin, is that you just felt like they were playing soccer. And I know it sounds funny. The Sens were playing hockey. Yeah. And the no, way they open up, you mentioned the other day, open up lanes. It was just yeah, different the way Detroit was activating. I, I think the fans would appreciate that. Yeah, it, it makes a big difference. It just makes the guy with the puck have an easier time too. Um, whenever the other guys on the ice are giving, creating those lanes for him instead yeah. of, you know, the guy worrying about managing the puck and then also creating the lane to get the puck to the other guys. Um, and, and it's personnel, but I, I, I got to think, the way Stevie Y wants to play. So his coaches yeah. want to play that's getting instilled in them and they're, they're never going to forget that. So as they improve as a team, that should just continue to get better and better um, as their defensemen improve because I don't like their back end, but I think it's coming. They, they, mm -hmm. you know, Edvidson, uh is a big guy that I think will be able to move the puck uh, for them. He will play probably more next year, will be a full-time mm -hmm. guy next year. So they're, mm -hmm. so they're adding to it, but they're also not a finished product, but they're instilling that culture of how we want to play right now. And then, you know, in two years when we're probably, you know, peaking more as a, as a franchise, then the, we're not going to forget that. And we're going to continue to play that same way, but, in, but add that extra skill and better players. And, and then, you know, they're going to be a better team because of that. Yeah, exactly. And, and that is when you get into the kind of the formula, Justin, and you work for teams and, you know, I kind of look at the auto centers and I ask myself, what's their identity? Well, their identity, yeah, certainly a lot of real good talent. Yeah. I also don't want to say that that's necessarily just all in the coaches, but philosophically, and you do go back to Kenny Holland and even back to Brian Murray. When you look at those Detroit teams, it became philosophical on what you were drafting, what the coaches wanted, what you wanted. And obviously you're able to do that with stability. When you have stability in ownership and management, coaches players now and their philosophy for a long time which they were way ahead of the curve was why don't we take that player that's a little bit undersized maybe a swede like a zetterberg who at 18 years old isn't fully developed physically but we're going to take intelligence over necessarily size and i think when you look at stevie eiserman yeah. what he's doing in detroit and what he did in tampa to some extent it's a model of that well, but as you pointed yeah. out that, that takes patience. That takes ownership being on board with. They're not all of a sudden, if you lose a few games, going to fire the general manager. New ownership can be a little bit different. You had the passing of Mr. Illich, but it really is establishing what is the criteria? What is the philosophy? And yeah. without a doubt, as you watch Detroit and what they're doing, I know they complained on the broadcast yesterday about having even young players playing the American Hockey League. They have done a model that they feel suits the Detroit Red Rings best. And as I said, from the Sens perspective, I don't mind it because they got a lot of talented players. I think in an in a ideal world, they have to figure out matching up what is their style and what is their identity going to be, which I think for any team is what? Well, of course, you're going to be accountable defensively and they have enough talent to score. So it's it, it's there in the parts. It just doesn't feel like it's coming together when you actually watch the games uh, oh. 14 games into the year. Oh. No, it's a like it's a, like a half built uh, house. Um, one of my favorite books is The Cubs Way, and it's all about yeah. Theo Epstein and and how he built the Cubs, but also how he built the Red Sox and just what it meant to be a Cub. You know, this uh, he's a Cub, he's a Cub. You know, and and when that's what you want, it's a lot easier to draft, I think, too, because and Boston does a good job. They're going to make 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 misses, but they're going to hit picks as well because they they have an idea makeup of what they want in in the type of person and then you know that it could change very on skill um because you know you're drafting from rounds one to seven but you're you want a mental makeup of a guy um you want a type of player as well um if you draft hockey sense as long as they have the skill to match chances are eventually they're going to play and help your team and and you know a, a team like vegas uh, i feel like mark stone is perfect example of a character guy lack skating ability but he was so smart those guys find a way to play. Um, and, and now you need good scouts to find those guys because hockey sense is harder to scout for a lot of people. Even, you know, work scouted with NHLers that said they mm -hmm. struggled with it, um, you know, but could pick out a, a good stride in, in a second. Right. So uh, each scout have, has their own 
abilities as well within that. Um, but it, it, it's, I, I, I'm a big believer if you draft um, ability, but with hockey sense, um, you're, you're eventually going to be happy with your picks. Yeah, exactly. And, and the other part, and a credit to the Sens organization over a number of years, uh, I put them right up there when it comes to draft and develop. And it's not just about what they're doing on the off-ice, the summer programs, the stuff that Randy Lee had set up back in the day, Pierre Dorian, uh, to your dad, all the things they did. One of the things in this course of the rebuild, and you always have to be careful because it's easy to critique. And I think at times people feel based on media, uh, you're trying to be negative. I don't feel that way at all. But the thing I've always applauded is if you go through the development program or plan for the Ottawa Senators, when I look back, and maybe one day we're getting close to the end of the hour here, we'll talk about Logan Brown. I don't look at Logan Brown and ever think to myself, well, the Ottawa Senators didn't get do done for Logan Brown. No, Logan Brown didn't end up doing it. The Ottawa Senators, if you go through a checklist, and Norris is a great example, came in. Batherson, when he looked like he was going to make the team, went back. Kachuk and Stutzla and Sanderson have all hopped in. I can't think of a player, Justin, that they haven't brought along, given every opportunity to, and even in the case of JBD, whether he's going to be a player or not, this isn't any of this whole thing of, oh, they're holding you back or there's players in the way or they're being unfair to you. I thought Ottawa has done just a great job with that as far as, hey, you're not ready. And for Peridorian, there were a few years, including keeping Alex Formington as a 19-year-old, where he said, and a lot of guys will be saying, hey, you know what? Coach wants to keep him around. They sent him back to London, and that really set up his path, what would have been a very, very good NHL player yeah. uh, had he not been mixed up right in now. whatever the hell he's mixed up in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Pinto they've done a good job with. Uh, yeah, so oh, yeah. There's, they have. Uh, I, I think they're from when they get drafted with this Ottawa Senators to by the time they get to the AHL, maybe even in the AHL, but that time in junior and college, I think the Ottawa Senators are one of the best in the leagues at taking care of their players there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that that's you point at Sean Donovan who was leading the yeah, charge. Big that, yeah. Um, and then you get a guy like Wade Redden to help on the defense. Um. And I, I think it, it, it makes a massive difference. I mean, Chummy's one of the best guys in the game. Um, and <laughs> to have him around your prospects, just making them feel comfortable, but also mm-hmm. challenging mm-hmm. them. I, I remember with even like Formington, you know, not Formington's not Connor McDavid, but he could really skate. And we oh, were God, just, yeah. you know, always just talking to him about watch this, watch this. How can you get a crossover and get the puck through the guy so you can kind of get around him? And it's just, just little little things that you can work on you know go go take a after practice come out with a bunch of pucks ask a couple of the 16 year olds to come uh stay on the ice and and just work on some stuff and and it just keeps you honest um keeps you in check and it also shows the organization that they care about you these guys are assets like like these are assets that you need to guide and take care of and if you do the right job that asset blooms in value um and that's how you got to look at it in a sense and uh Ottawa I think does an excellent job that way and uh a lot of credit to uh Sean Donovan and 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 even the scouts um you know if if you take a guy from your area they're gonna you know do you need anything blah 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 yeah we're here for you um and and (laughs) that and and sends from one of the first rookie camp or sorry, development camp teams. They they did a great job there, and they really uh, teach you how to be pros. Uh, and that's been a long tradition for the Sens, and um, I think that helps as well. Yeah, it really does. And I remember getting drafted and very different then, but didn't really have an opportunity to meet scouts or no scouts. And I had people showing up to games and talking to me. And then the guy would give me a business card afterwards. And again, your head's spinning as an 18 year old kid. I'm like, who is this person? And back to Sean Donovan, here's a few things. First of all, let's face facts with the Ottawa Centers organization under Eugene Melnick. Uh, A lot of players lost their pride. It was a running brand. It was a bit of a joke. Uh, A lot of people were like, what is going on with the Ottawa Centers? Sean Donovan, Donovan rolls in, and I know for Dono it was really, and I don't know him well, but it was pride in trying to keep the brand going where he could have easily just said, you know what, enough is enough. Shows up with a smile on his face, shows up with energy, and now what has happened, and this is a Brady Kachuk effect and so many other things that are happening, including new ownership, Justin, the pride is back in the brand. And let's be honest, for a while there, as you're watching Eric Carlson walk out the door and you're seeing, and and I'm not just talking about the rebuild, just the simple fact of what was going on behind the scenes with the Ottawa Senators in such a small market, a lot of people weren't proud of the brand anymore. And so a lot of credit to Sean Donovan on that. And now back to the other side, Alfie's involved 
and with the team itself, so many positives happened here in the last couple of years. So as I said, I, I agree yeah. with you and it's nice. And it's one of the big reasons why Brady Kachuk and, and, and you know, when Colin White signed and people are like, well, you know what? He was one of the first to sign. I'm like, yeah, when his agent saw the offer, he probably yeah. scrambled so quickly to sign it. <laughs> Nothing to do with that. But Brady Kachuk deciding to sign on for seven years was a real big fork in the road where if him and his dad weren't sure about this program in Ottawa, you get him on a bridge deal. Who knows what's happening no, to the franchise? So trouble. Well, it's Matthew, yeah. right? It's exactly, you know, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and then all of a sudden you, you don't know what you're dealing with and you don't know what's going to happen. And then he kind of has one foot out the door and he's your captain. He's talking to everybody else. So anyways, yeah. I don't know what um, happened to the old Kipper here today. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Quick. Like yeah. want to just do quickly on what we think yeah. tomorrow and then uh, yeah. I'm going to leave for my uh, concert. Absolutely. Um, well, so, I, as far as tomorrow, I, Minnesota, I haven't watched a ton of. Now, I find yeah. it interesting because I think they're one of the uh, better coach teams in the National Hockey League, and they have the power rankings for hot seats. And right now, as far as the Vegas odds, I believe it's DJ Smith and Dean Evason. The part with Dean Evason is when you talk about attention to detail, some of parts. Now, maybe Bill Guerin, who, man, oh, man, he's a straight shooter, looks yeah. at this and thinks it's time for a change. But they are a very good defensive club. They got Kaprizov as a star. We have Gus the bus who's absolutely been terrible who will be playing tomorrow oh. i'm assuming against corpus Allo. so i expect a tight game um i think ottawa will come out and be a little better but yeah, attention to detail so. be interesting because that's certainly what the minnesota wild are all about yeah i think yeah it's it's weird i um you know the coach kind of been talking about maybe on the hot seat a little bit but their goalies haven't been great this year um and even kaprizov who there, I talk about Elias Patterson. This is he's one of my favorite watches in the league. Mm -hmm. um, just, just the way he plays is is very nice looking. Um, I I got to think they come out and win tomorrow. Actually, um, I think they're going to be a little tighter defensively. I don't think Minnesota Minnesota could score quite like uh, Detroit can at times. Um, and I I think uh, they'll probably take it to them a little offensively. So I'm going to go four two. Tomorrow. All right, go with that a little prediction. And I think from a sense perspective, I expect them to be a tad better. I don't know what their mindset is. I think after regrouping, you'll also have a situation where Minnesota of all teams is going to be super fresh. They're playing the Saturday, Sunday uh, for fans out there. Of course, we won't be on until Monday. It is an 11 o'clock puck drop. I don't think we mind that. So Justin, uh, another great week here, brother. Yeah, Safe travels right. to Oshawa uh, for you. all the fans out there. Of course, stay classy, Otto. And of course, until <laughs> next time, We'll look forward to seeing you on a Monday. Been a great all couple right. of weeks here. Love the support. Love the feedback. And uh, enjoy your weekend. And for all the people over in Sweden, enjoy that. And we'll look forward to talking again on Monday. Over and out. Later. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Simmer Down with John Simpson on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.